0: Welcome to the P Money Show, where your host, Paulina Salazar, talks real estate. We left mid-afternoon and you were fine, maybe. Maybe you had a little more fun after I left.
1: Yeah, I don't, yeah. I thought I only had two, but apparently I had a little bit more. And I'm like, I was super lightweight too, and I haven't, I haven't really been drinking because Ian was like on prep and stuff, and I was like trying to be healthy. And then I had an eight because I was like nervous so yeah uh, but yeah it was good i had fun but now it's like i feel like i took all of july off which i feel <laughs> like i needed it but now i'm like okay i gotta work again yeah so anyways um i'm going to actually it's already recording so oh, okay. we're a little early but it's okay if you want to just start Sean, yeah. are you okay with that
0: yeah absolutely
1: because you're the main dude here because you, you
0: saw the show. <laughs> I know, hey, Dre. Dre I, I I kept saying, all right, when 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 can I sit back and listen to Dre talk or Tommy <laughs> talk or somebody?
2: I'll uh, I'll do a little Spanish class, maybe. I don't
0: know. There
2: yeah.
1: you go, Dre. <laughs> if you guys have topics like that you think are interesting with escrow and title, like text me and and we'll do one. I just feel yeah. like everything so far, like all the questions that I have, like they tend to be more on the finance side.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I and personally, like, when I think about your potential audience, like, people you want to reach, like, I, I feel like a lot of the topics or questions are related to finance, their finances. But yeah. but yeah, I think definitely, T um, and I can put our heads together with Samantha with Sammy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm totally kidding. By the way, I'm I'm fine with it because Paulina, you do you do a great job of moderating and asking the questions.
1: <laughs> okay. <I'm> okay. <sorry>, fine. <laughs> Um, but still, uh, Dre, we should do that though. I do kind of want to mix it up. Um, okay. So we'll just go ahead and start. So the topic today is using investment funds to purchase a home. So a lot of the times I get that big question, like, can I use my 401k or can I pull out of my stocks as a down payment on the house? Um, and I always just revert them back to Sean. So, Sean, if you just kind of want to open it up and, and kind of do briefly um, an introduction and then go ahead and explain.
0: Yeah, for sure. So the, the most widely used or most common use of, of assets or retirement funds have come from a 401k. Um, the, the, the 401k is, they are very, very lenient. Um, they're, they're specific, but very lenient on... Um, the guidelines of borrowing money against uh, against retirement funds. So um, it, let's just say you let's just say you invested money into a mutual fund and a mutual fund and, you just, and that was your retirement. When you pull money out of that, you get penalized. Uh, you, you're heavily penalized for um, the, the the taxes and and early payout and everything if you're not of retirement age. A four hundred one k allows you a one time as a as a first time buyer primary residence. They allow you effectively a free, a free um, take out of, of usage of those um, funds that haven't been taxed already. So it's, it's really good. So let's just use $10,000. If you pulled out $10,000 um, uh, of, of a normal account, you're going to be taxed at whatever your tax bracket is so you're, you're actually going to get maybe let's call it $7,000 out when you, when you, when you want to pull $10,000 out. So, uh, a 401k is not that you really, you're only pulling out, uh, you're, you I mean, you're only paying a, a few hundred dollars administrative fees to be able to have access to your funds that, that, that you've saved.
2: Hey, Sean. And for anybody who might listen to this, um, you know, depending on their type of organization or company that they work with, I, you know, there could be instead of a 401k, it could be a 403b or I don't know if there's just like different variations, but they're all retirement funds. So is what you're saying true for any, and all like retirement funds, like even if it, if it doesn't necessarily come from your employer, but if you open one at a bank on your own? So, so
0: that's kind of a—it's uh, not a cut and dry question. Most funds, and I and I tell people to to get with your fund and your administrator of your fund. Four uh, hundred one ks and IRAs are very very straightforward um, because what you want, I mean effectively what you're doing is you're taking a loan against your assets. So on a four hundred one uh, on a k withdrawal, you got to remember you can't you can't circumvent the IRS. Because what happens on a 401k is every month you pay into you pay into your 401k you pay into your 401k and you're not you're not paying taxes on that money so the government IRS is not getting their cut of that because you're not you're not going to use it until you're of retirement age which is which is a you know, guideline that's set forth so if you if you do it early. What what the 401K funds and the IRA funds are doing is they're actually saying you pay it back. It's it's kind of a it's, a it's a loan. You're effectively pulling out money, and you're not paying taxes on it. Well, how can I do that? Well, I didn't pay taxes. Now I'm going to be able to use it tax-free. Well, what you're doing is you're paying the interest, and you're paying all that back to yourself by way of a loan through your 401K. Um, so what I tell people are, is, is, is look at – you have to talk with your fund and your administrator of your fund, just having a simple – Mutual fund or having a, a self-directed, any type of retirement is, is usually not as lenient as an IRA or a 401. So a 403b and all those, like your, um, you know, uh, opers and all those Calpers and all those, those are not readily accessible. So you just have to get with your fund. So it, it um, the reason I start out with a 401k is because it really is the most widely used and the easiest, and cheapest
1: question what um how long does it take like if someone does decide to go that route and they want to pull from their 401k how long does it take um to get their funds to escrow or whatever to actually use for their down payment do they need to get a head start or is this something that they need to start doing with you prior to even looking at homes
0: awesome question because uh they tip in and the thought process is man it's going to take it's going to take months to get this out um, some funds are as easy as a few days. Um, uh, you're, you're, you're typically looking at a week, give yourself a week. So um, as, on the, as, a, as a best practice on lending, we, 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 we tell people do not do, before you're an escrow, do not change any sort of spending habits that you have. And that would include Thinking you're doing yourself a favor by pulling out your 401k or or starting that process um, because it just doesn't take that long. So the bank needs to see and paper churro everything. Um, And furthermore, these these funds, uh, the the 401k or IRA, they have to have paperwork from the lender to show uh, the loan estimate. You have to see the loan estimate and see see that in fact they are in contract on a house and they, they call it a hardship and, and it's not a hardship uh it sounds worse than it is but they, they give you a one time so you can't just go out and before you're even an escrow pull your money out uh because because there are certain guidelines where they say well no you can't pull it out because you're not even an escrow
1: oh i didn't know that
0: yeah okay yep so just so just wait just wait until you're an escrow um, you know what? What you will do is tell your lender that, "Hey, my my intent here is to uh, for my down payment is to use my or, or to use my four hundred one k." And then the lender will advise you, "Okay, well, let's get all that information. Let's get let's get the terms of the withdrawal. Let's get all that teed up and ready." But but doing it beforehand is not not even possible. So you you just want to be prepared. That's
2: really good to know. I something that came up, and I don't know if you know for sure or not. But say you have person X and person Y. Person Y, one person saved up for their down payment, and they went about purchasing a home, and you know, with with their savings. Um, and then the next person is using their four hundred one k, and they pull that money out once they're in escrow. Is that money? uh being counted as income for when they do taxes down the line. Like is that something that someone who wants to purchase a house also should keep in mind that like this is gonna impact their their bracket, their income at all total?
0: Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely it makes sense. That's a great question. So um on a on a four oh one K that is not considered income because you are you know it's it's not considered a, a cashing out. Um so you have to remember we're you know, yeah. for, these are considered loans so you're borrowing against your own money effectively oh, and yeah back, back the interest so but but the reason that's, a, that's such a great question is, is that you can actually if, if you have just a regular self-directed and you have money in retirement and you put it into a a big mutual i keep saying mutual fund there's many different places you can put it but if you put it into a mutual fund and then you cash out before you're of retirement age Absolutely, that is considered a capital gain. So you're you are now you are now you will have to pay taxes on that property uh, per, to the IRS. Or, I'm sorry, that property. To, uh, you'll have to pay taxes on on that gain or that money that you pulled out because you're not a retirement aid. So um, you, you 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 really need to be in touch with a financial planner to make sure that you say, okay, well, all right, I'm going to pull this money out but then your tax liability come, come next April, you're going to get this sticker shock and and you need to really be prepared to know that there is a big tax liability on, on a lot of these funds.
1: Good question, Dre. Um, who, who would somebody go to for advice to this? Like, for example, I only have like some stocks and life insurance and like the basic stuff, you know, and, but I don't really have a financial advisor per se, um would that just be somebody from if I bank with Chase, it would honestly just be somebody from Chase Bank? Or do you recommend like somebody going to get a financial advisor for some advice or or like who should they seek aside from you to make this decision?
0: Okay, so you'll need there there's a couple trains of thought there. Um so most of your tax accountants, most of the people that do your uh, that do your that do your income tax returns, um, they they can give they can shed a little bit of light de- depending on what kind of licensure they have to be able to to tell you okay do this do that um, you know and, and the the awesome thing is a lot of these tax accountants are also financial planners to where they're licensed to be able to tell you where to allocate allocate certain funds. Um, uh, so, so long-winded answer to that question is you, you, I would start with your tax accountant for sure because they're, they're licensed and they know the the laws uh, based on you know tax liabilities and everything regarding the retirement funds. But uh, at a deeper level, you're you're gonna yeah you're gonna want to need to ha- you're gonna want to have a, a financial planner um, even if it's even if it is literally as if you're putting fifty dollars a month. Um, you, you need to have a tax, a, a financial planner to tell you, okay, here, here's the roadmap of whatever your goals are. And that will include your retirement funds.
1: Got it. Are there any restrictions as far as like being able to do this? Like would somebody not be able to pull out of their 401k um, at any point? Like, do they have to have a certain amount of money or are there any rules to that?
0: Man, you guys have some really good questions. That's a good one because uh, the four hundred and one k is it, it is it is designated for first time homebuyers for a primary residence. So, when, I mean, and it's not to say that you can't. You know, there 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 are people that pull out multiple loans against their retirement. Okay, but at different scales. So, if you just pull it out because you say, "Hey, I want to go on a vacation," and you pull out then you're gonna, you're, you're gonna get hit with a lot of tax liabilities and fees. When you do it as a first-time buyer, as a primary residence is, where, is literally where you're, you're gonna pay some administrative fees and get, the, and get the lion's share of what you're requesting without any tax liability. Um, so to answer your question, Pauline, is yes. You know The, the restriction is if you've already done it before and, and you're gonna sign the disclosures, you're gonna sign stuff to say, this is my first time buying a home, I'm a first-time homeowner, this is my primary residence, um, so some people will say, well, how are they going to know? Well, the, the, there's chance, chances are they're not because you're going to sign these, this paperwork saying, this is your first time use in primary residence. Um, it, but you just don't want to put yourself in that situation to second guess that the IRS is going to find out that this is your first time using it. So the restriction is, is simply that first time use primary residence.
2: So
1: if someone were to just... I guess well, let's just say they buy an investment home, right? And they go the investment route and it's for, well, I guess that's a stupid question. Cause it would be, I'm just thinking like their second purchase, they could maybe, once they have a 401k going, they could use that as a primary, but then it wouldn't be a first purchase. So disregard that question.
0: No, 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 actually that's not true. I mean, that's still a good question, Paulina, because make no mistake, you can pull it out you can pull it out anytime you want. I mean, you can pull out basically uh, darn near any fund that you have, as long as it's a vested fund that's out of an employee stock or something, you can pull it out. It's your money. You have earned it. But what these, what these retirement funds and uh, are the the main, the, the the good part of these funds are is that you're, you're doing it tax free. So you're not paying taxes. So if you make $10,000 and you want to put 10% into your 401k, uh, you're, you're you're putting $1,000 a month tax-free and that money builds and it builds and it builds. What I'm saying is if it is your second and it is an investment and you don't hit the guidelines for first-time home buyer, uh, a primary residence, you can still pull it out. You're just going to pay the capital gains on it. That's all. So uh, mm-hmm. I want to be very clear. It, it doesn't mean that you can't do it. You're just going to, you're going to pay for it. Got it. The IRS is going to want their money, basically. Um, What
1: about like, for example, regular stocks, you know, like let's say somebody, have you had any deals like that? Like, I don't know, they just invested a good amount of money into Southwest and then that stock went up like a crap ton or something. Um, have you seen that as far as like pulling money out of whatever stock accounts they have in order to purchase a home? Absolutely. Absolutely. So the, the,
0: and it happens quite often, uh, especially in California, when, the when the purchase prices are higher and the need for cash is higher. Um, you know, we, 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 we work, I mean, you see E-trades, Robin hoods, you see, um, Ameritrade, all these different, all these different places where people day trade or they, they self allocate their funds. Um, that, that is not a problem at all. It, 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 it hap- It's very, very common. Most people don't just have, um, not, not to say they're smart or not smart, but most, most people don't have all of their money just sitting in a, in a in a very low yielding checking or savings account. So it's very common for people to pull it out of their, their trade accounts or whatever. Um, just remember, uh, there's a lot of intricacies that go into that because it depends on where they bought. Let's say you said Southwest. So if they bought Southwest at X amount of dollars and now they have you know double that money in there, um, if they pull it out and they sell that stock that's where their tax liability is is on the gain so if they bought it for a dollar a share and they sell it for five dollars a share and they're using that for for their down payment once they cash that out that's their tax liability and that's why that's why it's very very important to have a a financial planner because yeah yes they're getting it but at the end again next year come springtime you're gonna have to pay you're gonna have to pay the irs for those gains
2: Hey, so earlier you, Paulina, you kind of touched on maybe some of the situation where they're purchasing their second home. And another, I guess, type of investment funds that I was thinking of is like a home equity. And I don't know if, Sean, if you could touch on using, you know, your existing home equity as an option, you know, going a loan, line of credit out of that to purchase a second home,
0: kind of your thoughts on that and major differences. Yeah, I mean it's it's really the cost of your money. So uh, let's just say let's just say you're a little cash poor, not maybe not poor, but you don't have as much funds as you as as much as in the bank that you would like to have to be able to put, buy a second home. A second home requires a minimum of ten percent down. So if you want a, a four hundred thousand dollar home, you need forty thousand dollars. And you've got this you've got this house that in and, and California people that have owned homes for more than a couple of years now have a lot of equity in their property. They can say, "All right, well, I want to go buy this other house, and I need forty thousand dollars." They write a check off their equity in their current home. Um, They just have to take into consideration that there's a cost to it. That money's not free. They have a monthly payment. So, um, so I mean, if it if it's necessary, um, it's still pretty cheap money. And uh, home equity line the credit rates are you know anywhere from four to seven eight percent. So it's still still pretty cheap money, um, but but it, that's a very, very good way of, of, of saying, hey, okay, if you wanna buy an investment property or a second home, um, to, to use that. Now, and, and lenders will will qualify you off of that new debt because now you you, you have access to this extra money. You, you have to qualify for that money that you've now borrowed. You've already borrowed it effectively, but now you're utilizing that borrowed money.
2: That makes sense. Thank
1: you. Good question, Andre. I'll, I'll use um my I guess my situation as an example, and Sean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm just going to want to see if I understand this correctly. So I have equity in my uh, primary home, my first investment home. Um, obviously the values have gone up since 2017 when I bought it. So if I bought it for 345 and it's worth 650 now, could I possibly pull out Let's say $200,000 because I want to build like a casita, aka like a second home, like a two bedroom, two bath home next to it because it's got a decent sized lot. Um, But I'm going to use that cash that I pull to build that second um, dwelling. And then, but then my payment on the first house is going to go up $200,000 times whatever interest rate um, I get, right? Correct. So to go but, on top of my monthly already, it it will. But you have to look at it and say,
0: okay, well, if I'm going to go to the, if I'm going to go to Chase Bank and and have them give me a loan to build on this lot, to, build, to 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 do all my permits, build my lot, and and then do all those things, you you're going to have to pay Chase Bank anyway. So the thought process there is you can kind of do it on your own terms. So the, the beauty of, of a home equity line is if you have enough equity, which you do in this case, um, depending on how much money you need to build, you can actually do it on your own terms. So when you go get a construction loan, there's a lot of, it gets convoluted. You have to give them draws and you know, they, they give you draws and you have to qualify and you give them your income and, and you have to get inspections. You have to do all those things. The beauty with having that much equity access to those funds are, um, yeah make no mistake you're making that payment but you're going to anyway if you borrow if, uh, if you borrow it as a construction loan so it's fairly inconsequential and furthermore I think it's more beneficial because you can do it on your own terms got it thank you and it's it's effectively like having cash just you have to pay on the cash that you use when you only when you use it home equity line of credit you're only paying on it when you use it. So if you have a two, if you have access to $200,000 and it's just sitting there, you might pay a hundred dollar a year, you know, uh, a yearly fee, um, very, very minimal. Um, but if you never use it, that's all you're going to pay. Now, if you borrow $10,000, you're paying print, You're paying just interest only on that $10,000 every month. So it, it, it's a wonderful thing. The equity, I tell people what what is what's the use of having equity if you if you can't use it so uh you know you're you're gonna it's like a it's like retirement you're gonna work and work and work your whole life and not have access to those funds well you you've made a good investment Paulina. you've had this house for four years now and you've got a lot of equity do you really want to wait until you're 62 years old to be able to use it i think it's a great a great way to use it and capitalize on it
1: okay so but the two like for example the two hundred thousand dollars that i'm going to be pulling out isn't obviously that um, is going to get added on to my original loan from the existing home, but it's not tax. It's only, or I'm sorry, it's not interest only payment right on the 200,000 or it is.
0: It is. So it's, no, right. So it's a second mortgage. It is, it is. You'll have your first, you'll have your first loan um, of, of whatever you own your first loan. Um, you make that payment as normal It is just as, just as as you always do, mm-hmm. this is a this is an entirely different lending institution, and 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 it is a it is yes it is another payment, but it's not on it's not on top. They don't tack it onto your first. You pay a whole other company on on that on that money on the money they use. And a home equity line of credit is just as it sounds. It's a line of credit. It's effectively a, a credit card on steroids, and it's attached to your app. Um, so it it, it it it's it's on. I say it's on steroids. much better you know interest rates on credit cards are 20 25 whatever they are as we talked earlier interest rates on the home equity line are anywhere from four to eight percent so they're really really good so but it is interest only you only if you make the minimum monthly payments is like a credit card next month you're going to go oh that same amount of money
1: oh okay okay so but technically i can probably pay every month like double and then i would be paying down the principal
0: Absolutely. So, so what you have to do is you, uh, what, what you do is you take, you take your monthly interest only payment, which is you take your, you take your amount times your interest and you need to, you know, for on a yearly basis, and you divide that by 12. Okay. So let's say that, let's say that payment is, let's just use $10,000. $10, um, every month you you owe the bank $200 for that 200 or for that $10,000 it's it's going to be half that probably but every month you pay 200 200 200 well every month you're still going to owe $10,000 $10,000 if the first month you pay 1000 if you pay 200 plus your 1000 then it's going to take you 10 months to pay that loan off so yes you always have to pay above and beyond to, to decrease your your existing balance
1: got it okay sounds good to me Drea, do you have any other questions? You've been asking some good ones.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, this was really enlightening. Okay, go. Thank you, Sean.
1: Yeah, thanks, yeah. Sean. That was really, really educational.
0: Yeah, I think it, uh, the, the, uh, the 401k, there is the, I think it's an excellent topic because, um, you know, people, a couple of things, people think that they have to have 20% down, which is a misnomer. You don't. You don't have to have 20% down. And secondly, is they think that they're going to lose all this money out of their retirement account by using a 401k it is the most widely used um asset for debt payments uh, other than cash so i think it's a great topic paulina
1: thank you all right guys we'll have a good evening you
0: sure. as well Bye. you
1: Bye. too thank you for tuning in to another episode of the p money show for more information follow at paulina sells san diego